So, Rachel. Yeah? Captain Picard encounters a woman from his past after her scientist husband's experiments begin to spiral out of control. Hmm. What do you think you're going to get? Well, that doesn't give me much to go on, does it? Let's say he wants to make the ultimate space Las Vegas, mm. which reminds her of snogging Jean-Luc by the mini Eiffel Tower and awakens <laughs> some sexy feelings again. <laughs> Wesley will help save the day. <laughs> that sounds like a perfect... Gotta go for something. Summary, yeah, great, good job. <laughs> Watches Star Trek. Captain's log, stardate 41697.9. We're en route to Sarona 8 for much needed shore leave. The entire crew is looking forward to the diversion. On a personal note, I have allowed myself the luxury of a head start. Welcome to our little podcast. Rachel Watches Star Trek. I'm Rachel Lackey. And I'm Chris Lackey. And we're at RachelWatchesStarTrek.com and, of course, Patreon. We have lots of fun things going on over there, comments and such, and, of course, the bonus content and the comment show. It's a lovely community over there. Everybody's very funny and encouraging each other and looking at each other's comments. But we are fast approaching the end of Season 1 of The Next Generation. Ooh. I think we've only have two more episodes left. Gosh, yeah, that's another thing you get as a patron is a season wrap-up episode. Oh, that's right. Coming soon. Our third host, Rafe Ball, yeah. joins us for that because he, he keeps track of all of our, our scores and ratings and we do a little compare and contrast. Yeah, the gem. I don't know if the science of that really plays out. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're terribly inconsistent scorers. Yeah, it kind of depends on what we're feeling that particular day. Well, let's see how this one does. Yeah. I've got some opinions. It begins with the USS Enterprise on its way to Serona 8. M -m -m my Serona. <laughs> my, 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 woo! For some shore leave. Mm. That's what they're there for. Picard's head start is fencing with Lieutenant Dean. Yeah? Why are you surprised about that? Do you know who he is? No. No. You just thought he was an old lieutenant, didn't you? Yeah. And a sweaty one. <laughs> It's very awkward form from Picard. He looks very kind of stumbly. And he's presumably had a lot of fighting training through Shakespeare roles. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Which is why they're showing this off, but I think probably just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the character who's a bit awkward. Could be. As Picard wins a point, time loops and the moment is then repeated. They say the same thing over again and look weirded out. So this loop that happened, they are aware of it. It's yeah, something they, instantly. they both perceived, yeah. Mm -hmm. Picard calls up to the bridge, and yes, the same thing happened on the bridge. In fact, it happened all over the ship. Worf receives a distress call from the Pregos Miner system. Pregos. <laughs> uh, pregnant Miners system. The Pregnant Miners. <laughs> <laughs> the Pegos Miner system <laughs> from a Paul Mannheim, and it seems his steamroller has gotten out of control. What? There's... <laughs> <laughs> There's a musical group called the Mannheim Steamroller. All right. Yeah. Yeah. They do instrumental. I think they're very famous for their Christmas music. Oh, interdimensional Christmas music? No, just regular Christmas music. Oh. He is calling for help and directing them to a set of coordinates. It's automated so they can't reply to the message. Mannheim left Earth 15 years ago to perform experiments on non-linear time. They head to the coordinates. Data says Mannheim's theories about the relationship of time and gravity didn't find acceptance. Not yet, anyway. Picard drops that Mannheim was teaching at the university in Paris when he was there, though they never met. 
Troy sidles up. She says Mannheim's name caused an emotional response in Picard. You better process those feelings before we get there, she advises. She doesn't suggest a counselling session with her. I imagine he's poo-pooed that quite a few times and she's given up. Yeah, 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 I think she's given up on that. And she just says, hey, you want to take a little time by yourself? Just think about these feelings and where Mm. they're coming from. Yeah. That's the most that she's going to be able to get out of that guy. (laughs) Picard heads to the holodeck where he recreates the Café d'Artiste. Paris, 22 years previously, I looked it up. There was a Café d'Artiste. Des. Is it Des Artistes? Café des Artistes. Des Artistes? Oui. There was one in Los Angeles and I did used to go to it. It was over in Hollywood. It's not there anymore. Did it have a view of the Eiffel Tower? No. And neither did this place. (laughs) It just had a big painted backdrop of what I guess Paris would look like in Mm -hmm. the 23rd century. Oh, you're so cruel. (laughs) Cars flying past the Eiffel Tower. A glass menu. How futuristic. A guy playing an instrument? Oh my God. It's so funny. I can't. It just was so distracting that it's like... A rack of bongs. Yes. And with rings on the bongs. And he's kind of... <laughs> it looks like he's stroking off the bongs. Mm. It's... I couldn't take my eyes <laughs> off of it. And he's going table to table regaling people. <laughs> with his <laughs> with bong <this>. stroking. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love... Oh. I guess I'd love that. I can't. We can't no, be no. the first people to have caught this the bong stroker. Oh, no way. There must be memes and Star Trek shit posting must have a bunch of stuff about it. Yeah. It must be there. I think it was supposed to be the accordion music that was playing. Uh, uh, I'm not kidding. I bong think that's theremin. Theremin accordion? Yeah. It was not good. Oh, I don't know, man. It's been a long time since I've had someone come to the table with an instrument, but it makes me feel quite awkward. Usually, it is really awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're having a conversation with people and then you got to stop and you got to watch and listen to this guy for a while. Yeah. And you're kind of a captive audience. You're there to eat. Well, yeah. And so, come on, please take your bong <laughs> away from me. Get it on the stage where it belongs. At- Stroke that bong on, <laughs> In that your, stage on your own there. time. <laughs> <laughs> we have this little conversation with the major D. Perhaps what you hang up for is not on the menu. Perhaps not. It was many years ago. I had a rendezvous. I was to meet someone. Someone. Here, at that very table. Your young lady, she did not come. Actually, I don't know. I always imagined that she did. You, however, did not. That guy sounds so French. <laughs> Funnily enough, Chris, yeah? he is French. Really? Jean-Paul Vignon is the only actual French-speaking person to be a French character in Next Gen. Wow. I guess I don't really know any French people, so what What do I know? Well, yeah, I thought it too. <laughs> he overhears a conversation between two women. One of them, Gabrielle, is waiting for a man to show up, and it seems to be the second day she's waiting. That's sad, isn't it? Yeah. She's come in a very eye-capturing top. Oh, yeah. That's what I can't believe. You didn't open with that. (laughs) It's like a fifth of a Spanish peasant top. A strapless sleeved bikini. Her whole chest and left shoulder is completely exposed. Yeah. It's weird and awkward. and Well, I liked it. (laughs) Very flattering colour. Would you wear it? But it not was, in a restaurant. It was. It seemed to be not appropriate for the, yeah. the setting. Who do you think she is? Well, she's a computer-generated hologram. Oh, I assumed that she was 
the previous version of the woman we're going to meet later. Oh, no, I don't think so. So she's not waiting for younger Picard. No, I think in particular holodeck simulation that they've got going, they have like characters that have little stories going on and you can go mm. interact with them. And that was her little story is this guy ditched her. Is that the place where everybody gets ditched then? Bit of a coincidence, isn't it? The same day. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> where it you go is. to get stood up. Uh-huh. If someone arranges to meet you at the Cafe des Artistes, code for I'm not going to be there <laughs> and we're breaking up. <laughs> oh, could be. Yep. The friend leaves and there's a weird back and forth between Bikini Girl and Picard who's staring at her. He admits she reminds him of someone. She asks why her man didn't show and he says maybe he was afraid. So obviously that's what Picard's reason was yeah, back uh-huh, then. Uh-huh. He then bristles with himself and declares enough of the self-indulgence and leaves for the bridge. That was a short hollow therapy session. Yeah, it was. You can actually use this type of thing in a visualisation. You can visit a painful memory with oh. your therapist in, mm-hmm. a, in a safe grounded way hopefully and then mm. find a new ending for it perhaps go in and save or help your child self for example be the protector that they never had that kind of thing oh wow is it helpful well i don't know if there's empirical evidence <laughs> to say so but it's uh, it's often used yeah and people uh, have found the benefit of it so in this practice one would have say if they were abused as a child if they would imagine them being abused and then they themselves as an adult like outside of it observing it and then coming in and you know stopping it from happening yeah either stopping it or being the person they needed to turn to for support after it had happened and Mm -hmm. helped them to make it right or something wow yeah to try and stop the kind of unfinished loop of perhaps if you froze during something and Mm -hmm. couldn't get away or fight back perhaps someone to come in and help you fight back or create some kind of more therapeutic ending to it. Yeah. He could have carried on with that a bit, maybe processed his feelings a bit more, but at least he gave it a bit of a go. Yeah. Picard. Yeah. Riker tells him that the USS Lalo and the farming colony on Coltar 4 have both experienced the loop. They then reach the Vandor system, a binary system of a red giant and a pulsar. What's a pulsar? Glad you asked. I, I happen to know that information right, right <laughs> off the top of my head. No pause to look it up. <laughs> a pulsar is a highly magnetized rotating compact star that emits beams of electromagnetic radiation out of its magnetic poles. Yikes. This radiation can be observed only when a beam of emission is pointing towards Earth and is responsible for the pulsed appearance of the emission. It's not pulsing because it's spinning. Why is it pulsing? I will tell you <laughs> as soon as the Wikipedia page opens up. <laughs> the radiation can be observed only when the beam of emission is pointing towards the Earth, much like the way a lighthouse can be seen only when the light is pointed in the direction of an observer. The neutron stars are very dense and have very short regular rotational periods. This produces a very precise interval between pulses that ranges from milliseconds to seconds for an individual pulsar. What? It's really small and dense and it's turning? Yeah, it's actually spinning. Whoa. So, so as it's coming out of its poles, this energy, so as it spins, we get the like a lighthouse. Like a lighthouse. Yeah. Goodness. There you go. Data detects activity on Vandor 4, a planetoid in an elliptical orbit of the binary system. Is that orbiting two stars? Mm-hmm. I wonder how that affects the planet to orbit each one when it changes temperature or gravity, presume? If it's elliptical orbit, that means that it's not perfectly round. So you would be closer at times and further away at other times. So, yeah, it would affect the weather and the temperature. I wonder what their life's like. If someone lived there, that would be strange, wouldn't it? Yeah, for sure. What a life. (laughs) (laughs) I don't 
Nothing they could. There's a small force field on the planet. Picard hails, but corrects himself before he says his name. He just says, I'm the <clears throat> captain of the Enterprise. Yep. <laughs> a woman answers, saying Mannheim is having convulsions. She's able to lower the force field, and they both are beamed to sick bay, where Picard heads with Data and Riker. Dr. Mannheim is played by Rod Loomis, best known for playing Sigmund Freud in the 1989 sci-fi comedy Hit, Bill and Ted's <laughs> Excellent Adventure. How timely. I didn't even re- realize that was him. Picard introduces the woman as Janice Mannheim and asks her what happened. She's played by Michelle Phillips, best remembered as one of the four members of the 60s group The Mamas and the Papas, yep. with hits such as, how does it go? California Dreamin' California Dreamin' On such a winter's day And Monday, Monday, ba 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 Is it that version? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. She was a regular on Knott's Landing from 87 to 93, and in eight episodes of Fantasy Island... Do you want to talk about her outfit or shall I? So I think Mm. you should talk about it, but the boots were out of this world. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) literally. Yeah. It was kind of a jumpsuit, but kind of draped at the back. Yeah. And kind of a tie-dye velvet with a small waist and kind of a bit of side boob. Really baggy trousers tucked into boots. I was all over it. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> I couldn't stop commenting on it because it was just so distracting. Really distracting and really not probably right for her character. But come on, Thea, I'll have one. Sure. Get them made up. <laughs> <laughs> she says the second lab was destroyed in an accident, killing everyone. Mannheim's theory is that there are infinite dimensions and that by changing the constancy of time, a window can be opened. He has been trying to do this in his lab. Why? To know things. (laughs) Sounds really dangerous. Janice continues, Mannheim was very close to proving his theories. For safety, he installed a security system in force fields, and he made her stay in a protected room whenever he was performing an experiment. Oh, that's nice. Which is why she's fine. He became more and more obsessive, perhaps clouding his judgment, she says. Hmm, I wonder what she was doing this whole time. We'll never know because she has no character. She has no character. By the way, you've done well, Jean-Luc. Look at you. (laughs) Yeah, she's not too upset to flirt, is she? No. The sound of Crusher grinding her teeth behind Jean-Luc is deafening. (laughs) (laughs) She better save that guy before Janice steals her man. (laughs) Look, Bev, if he's not going to kiss you when you're dressed up in 40s clothes on the holodeck, he's never going to. Crusher says Mannheim is dying, but she doesn't know why. Picard, Riker, and Data enter a turbo lift, but when the doors close and reopen again, they see themselves in the corridor before they got on, and then they are in the corridor before they got on. So they like two of each. Skip time back. Yeah, so this time it's duplicating people. But then they merge back together. So they have memories of them getting on the elevator, but they are actually back before they got on the elevator. Do they merge back together? I thought the doors just closed. Remember, the scene followed it from the elevator and then it skipped to being off the elevator. So we follow them and it gave them the sense of deja vu, I suppose. So there's not two sets running around. They just kind of merge back together. So they have memory of getting on the elevator, seeing themselves, but then, then they become themselves. Whoa. Well, it's the usual understated reaction. They don't, I mean, they've seen everything, haven't <laughs> yeah. they? But I would be, wow. Mm, yes. And she's scrabbling around to get them back on again. But even before she can get her knickers on, I've seen everything. You know, I've seen it all. It's too late. They've seen everything. It's, yeah. The possibilities for comedy, self-insight and heists with two of everyone running around be great. Yeah. But no, they decide to go in a different direction. Sure. In Picard's ready room, Data says there is immense energy from the planetoid's core being focused at the lab. 
They beam a team to investigate, but they can't materialize on the planet as the signal is being bounced back up. Uh -oh. Transporter Chief Herbert is afraid he might be losing them. Ah, oh, Worf! Worf's the last one to beam back. Yeah. He's all right. People watching, though, might have thought anything goes after Yard died last yeah. week. You get to take Worf out, too, as well. Yeah. yeah. Fortunately, Herbert, whose name I don't understand isn't something Scottish, is <laughs> well, able to bring that is, I don't know. all back. <laughs> it should be Hamish. <laughs> In Sick Bay, Mannheim wakes. Time for the Sick Bay Gurning Challenge. It's been a while. Oh, See how he does. I am not fine, Denise. I'm not even close to fine. Bridge, this is Dr. Crusher. Professor Mannheim is conscious. Remember, it was worth it what happened. What will happen, all of it, it was all worth it. Again. It's changing again. What is? What do you see? I am having difficulty. With what? Are you in pain? I have been on the other side. I have touched another dimension. Part of me is still there. Help him. Try to stay calm, Dr. Mannheim. I don't think it's going to help your struggling against it. My mind is floating between two places. It is difficult to know which is which. There is no way to explain it. I did have a little bit of a sense watching it of how unsettlingly frightening that would be. Do you ever have a sense just for a moment that you're going insane? Oh, yeah. All it's the awful, time. isn't it? Yeah. And just imagine if you were you've got half your mind in what, another dimension. Yeah. I'd pass out. <laughs> it's the only way to deal with it. Well, yeah. Picard and Data arrive and try to get Mannheim to explain. He says, you won't get it. And I like that Picard says, well, explain it to Data, then he'll get it. <laughs> he, he's well versed in all of your theories. And Mannheim says, how can he be? I'm not versed in all my theories. <laughs> Just because you write stuff doesn't mean you remember everything that you ever wrote. Well, no, Hello. Look, look at us. Yeah, geez. Mannheim reveals he has harnessed the energy source in the center of the planetoid and has opened a window to another dimension. But once he hears it spread to other planets, he says it must be shut down. What a shoddy experiment that is. Ah. He gives them transporter coordinates and security codes to get past the security. Is he creating or revealing other dimensions? I think revealing. I think his implication was that there are infinite numbers of dimensions and that somehow he's tapped into another one. So boring if the other dimension is just us two seconds ago. Yeah, it really is. That's so lame. It's pretty boring. Who are these writers? <laughs> <laughs> well, the writers are Deborah Dean Davis and Hannah Louise Shearer. And the episode was directed by Robert Becker. So yeah. if you need to write any strongly worded letters, those are who to address them to. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of low stakes. It's not very interesting. I guess we live in a world where we've got Rick and Morty. So <laughs> interdimensional stuff is kind of... That's how you can do it. Yeah, I mean, like, wow, they really go nuts with that stuff. There's nobody turning into a pickle here, is there? No. <laughs> <laughs> Janice catches Picard to ask him why he didn't... Janice catches Picard to ask him why he didn't come to that cafe in Paris mm. 20 years ago. Yeah. They joke about excuses, couldn't get a taxi, it rained, blah, blah, blah. But he shares that he was afraid of staying and losing himself. Mm. Well, I wouldn't be laughing. I guess her husband's safety is in Picard's hands. So maybe she's saving the one finger salute for later. <laughs> or she wants revenge by making him wish he'd never stood her up because she's so fabulous and unaffected. Yeah. She thinks the real reason he didn't turn up was that he thought life with her would be ordinary. Yeah. Ouch. He does say something to the effect of like, well, I wasn't sure if staying was the right thing to do and I wasn't sure if joining up with the Federation was the right thing to do. Mm. And I felt like either way I was going to lose. And so mm. I didn't want to confront 
bad. And so I ran away, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. Because that's a pretty crappy thing to do to somebody, especially somebody that you care about. Yeah. And Picard did it. You know, yeah. like that's part of who he is. And that's part of his character. And it was cowardly. It was cowardly. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because when people are younger, they do things like this, I think. Yeah. And I think when you get older, you realize how much that affects other people. And hopefully you get wiser and kinder and you don't continue to do things like that. Yeah. There's a lot of ghosting that goes on these days. And I did break up with people in, you know, crappy ways, like just in a letter or on the phone or whatever. <laughs> but at least I told them. Yeah, of course. Didn't just leave them sitting somewhere. Oh, yeah. Jeez, I can't imagine just not showing up like that. Yeah. And I guess he indicates perhaps that if he'd seen her that day, he might have changed his mind and not been able to go away yeah. and pursue his dream. Yeah. But again, still crappy. Yeah. Troy breezes into the medical bay. <laughs> To crush her to discuss how Beverly is feeling. Mm -hmm. So obviously that jealousy is there. Oh yeah, Troy can feel that a mile off. <laughs> <laughs> Just waving through the ship. Oh yeah, and Beverly says she can't compete with a ghost from Picard's past. You can't compete without one. Let it go, Bev. <laughs> <laughs> She's just saying this woman is an idealized person to him because she's from 20 years ago and mm. she's not that same person anymore. And I'm surprised that Bev is that aware of her feelings towards Picard at this point, because I guess they've got a good counselor on board. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just like, wow, I guess she really does have the hots for Picard. It's not just one of these things where I feel a bit attracted to him. I think about him when I masturbate, but I don't really <laughs> want to go there, you know? <laughs> Just keep it in the spank bank. You don't need to get out <laughs> and become real. <laughs> but Ooh. why would a woman have thoughts that weren't to do with one of the main male characters? Oh. So she's got a lot of time to think Damn. about it. <laughs> yep. Oh, you went there. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Picard then is called down to sickbay to talk about Mannheim, who warns Picard he might have forgotten some of the security codes and asks him to take care of Janice if anything should happen. Mannheim admits that she's had a rough few years. He gave her no attention. He kept shoving her into her bunker and she deserved better. <laughs> Is he trying to hotwife her? What? <laughs> you know, trying to palm her off onto Picard. Oh, and I see. <laughs> get that going. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's what he's doing. Yeah. Picard suggests that he underestimates her as he has done. Yeah, she's fine to nicely wait around for men. She's got no inner life. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. Then we get this. Data, I want this to be an away team of one. You. I don't think there's any reason to risk anyone else. It is reasonable, sir. After all, I am a machine. Indispensable. Indispensable is the appropriate word. I think it should be only you because you seem more able to control the effects of the time distortion. Oh, I see, sir. That is quite true, sir. I see time as a constant. Whereas humans perceive time as flexible. Hence the expression, time flies when you're having fun. Which until now has always confused me. <laughs> okay, I guess time never seems to be a bit shorter or a bit longer for him. He's no. saying, no matter how much fun he is having or how bored he is. Yeah. Indispensable, though. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Picard makes it clear how yeah. important he is. Data's beamed down and is fired upon by wall-mounted phasers, but he manages to destroy them because he's awesome. Mm -hmm. Another Data is awesome episode. At the time, I thought the uh, that Mannheim had set a trap or might have done, but uh -huh. 
he did mention that he hadn't given them all the codes or something. Didn't yeah, he, he so. wasn't sure because he's yeah. in a confused mental well, state. He's yeah. half in another dimension. Exactly. Data stunt double does a great job of going up a <laughs> laser does. boss. He does. And then Data heads for the lab. The next distortion will occur in 90 seconds, and the room has a huge rotating cylinder made of glass panels. It's pretty cool looking, actually. Is it like a digital effect, or is it a practical thing? Is it actually there? It looked real, but yeah. I don't know. Data decides that he has to add antimatter to realign the system. It's in a canister he has to hold with a claw on a stick. Why? I guess maybe because it's very hot or radioactive and he doesn't want to become irradiated. I don't think radiation would actually hurt Data, but he might become radioactive and then cause other people to get radiation sickness. Only by contact with it, though? Maybe. Not by standing six inches away from to it. To make it look dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Hot. I'll do the hot. <laughs> he heads for the device. Suddenly there are three Datas and only one of them is in the correct time continuum. And they've got to time it right. How are they going to figure this one out? Oh, one just did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just by knowing. The middle one just goes, it's me. I'm the one. <laughs> Using contractions again. Oh, yeah. It is me. It's me. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Uh, he releases the antimatter and seals the hole. Well, patches it anyway. Antimatter more like anticlimax. <laughs> <laughs> Mannheim returns to normal according to Bev's device anyway whatever normal is for him, yeah, okay. but is unable to describe his experiences, only saying there is some kind of life out there. Well, that's convenient, isn't it? Hannah Louise and what's-her-face. Oh. Couldn't be asked to look it up. <laughs> no, they're oh. like, well, something, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. As his lab is intact, he wants to go back and finish his experiments, telling Dennis he has learned too much and he owes it to his friends who had died in the other lab. She agrees. Later, Troy brings her to the holodeck, where Picard awaits in the Paris program. He tells her he wanted to say goodbye properly and he has champagne for her. He still hasn't apologised, by the way, has he? No. Come on, he man. Hasn't. Yeah. He just wants to keep her swooning over him, I guess. I guess so. She thanks him for Paris and Picard returns to the bridge. She does ditch quite quickly. Oh, At she does, At least that's yeah. her slight little F you. Okay, I don't even think she drinks any of the champagne. She, Maybe. She holds it and then she puts it down and says, okay, bye. And then she's like giving him the, you know, <laughs> scratching her face with one finger <laughs> as she leaves. <laughs> oh, she boy. should have really given it to him. Now her husband's all right. Yeah, slap him in the nards or something. Here's what you've been missing, and she <laughs> like Pulled an arrested development. Yeah. Oh boy! Remember these? And then we end with this. Is anything wrong? No, sir. Then set course for Sarana Eight. As I remember, we were on our way for some much-needed shore leave. Course plotted and laid in, sir. Or five. Engage. I've only been there once, but they've got this great club. I don't remember the name of it. They serve those blue concoctions. It's across the square from the Zanzerman's Dance Palace. It's called the Blue Parrot Cafe. And you're buying. Did you enjoy that little time we spent there on the details of where they're going? Uh, <laughs> I'm so confused. The Blue Parrot Cafe is a Another tiring reference to Casablanca. Oh, right. Apparently. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, Which is where the title comes from, obviously. Yes, of course. Why is Troy buying it? Yeah, because she's seen the inside of his brain and... I guess? Somehow complicit or... What, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> she gives her usual coy, knowing mm. smile. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, why is she buying? A tantalizer, Captain. 
Oh, is it because she's going to enjoy the Zanza men's dance palace so much? Is it a dance palace for men or a dance palace watching men dance? Maybe. Oh, it just left me with a very confused... So many questions. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this concept. What is time slash gravity? Uh, well... The episode did not illuminate us it, on this. It doesn't at all. But time and gravity are intertwined. Why? Space time. Space time. It just gravity, is. Gravity, though. It, gravity. Yeah. Why gravity? It's one of the fundamental forces of the universe. Oh, it's hurting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Well, I, it's just this. It's just the way things are. What did it have to do with this episode, though? It, well, you know what? I, oh, I it's making me feel funny. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know because they don't really go into it at all. And the stuff they say is kind of a little uh, woo-woo. Yeah. I actually feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> My brain's trying really hard to understand something it just can't possibly comprehend. Don't worry I can about understand it. time and space. Yeah. But gravity. Well, gravity affects space, so therefore it affects time. They didn't do anything with the duplicates, dimension no. thing, anything no. with it. We had a moment of three datas, which ended as soon as it had started, and that was that. Yeah. How lame. When I watched the trailer for it, you know, when uh, we put it at the end of the last episode, it looks really cool. Yeah. They had lots of cool visual stuff. And that scene, the three scene looks datas. so cool. Yeah, but it doesn't mean anything. Two seconds. Yeah. The movieblog.com said the notion of voyaging through time as one voyages through space is an interesting one and it feels nicely relevant in an episode about a character reflecting on the road not chosen. So if Picard had chosen to go to the Café des Artistes, his path would have diverged yeah. into another. I mean, I think they're giving it too much credit there. <laughs> they're giving it way too much credit <laughs> because that. there's no modern equivalent to that what happened in the past. There's, there's no point where they go, well, if we do this, it'll diverge this and that'll make that. It's not about that at all. It just kind of yeah. hiccups time. That's all it is. Yeah. If it had given the opportunity for him to go back and experience what that life would have been like or something, yeah. that would have been interesting. Mm. What did we learn about Picard? This was his episode, of course. Mm, yeah. He likes fencing to relax. Yeah. He lived in Paris where he stood a woman up because he was scared of intimacy, was it? Yeah. Or just, I think she probably nailed it of like having an ordinary life and not being mm -hmm. a Starfleet captain and adventuring in space and doing all these dramatic things little did you know she'd go anywhere with her man oh, right. <laughs> she wouldn't have held him back at all no she would have just waited in a bunker for him to finish his <laughs> whatever he was doing we already knew from his relationship with bev that he places duty over personal needs because mm -hmm. that's why he won't get it on with her isn't it yeah do you think he was already going to ship out after their date and thought seeing her might change his mind yeah. Or did he sign up for the ship just to get out of that situation? Oh, no, no. I think that there's way too much planning that goes. You can't just jump on there <laughs> yeah. and go there. Because she says that she went to Starfleet headquarters and found out that he'd shipped out. So Not just like catching a ferry, is it? No, I think he was supposed to go there to say goodbye to her. And he was mm. afraid that he would change his mind and stay. Yeah, well, people really don't like endings, do they? The movieblog.com says Picard is, for a lack of a better word, vain. He invests so much in his self-image that it represents a chink in his armour. It's not that he has to appear to be infallible, but that he completely fears the idea that he might lose that composure he takes for granted. Which is why we can believe he would prefer not to speak to the woman he loved and just absconds off the planet. To admit any of this to her would be a sign of emotional weakness. Hmm. I can't disagree. No? Yeah. I think we laid it out pretty clearly when he just was like, I'm going to be tempted to stay because I'm so into her and 
it's so comforting and easy to to be with her and i just don't trust myself Hmm. so i i think he's a bit of a coward i wouldn't say he's vain he couldn't go and admit that vulnerability to her they're saying because of his image no i think if he admitted that vulnerability he would be also admitting it to himself which would mean he would not go into starfleet yeah i don't think he thinks oh i'm better than anybody or i'm the best or i'm the most important he has something that he wants to do which is be a starship captain and this woman that stirred these feelings in him who had this power over him he realized that that was there and he instead of facing it he chickened out yeah i think they're saying his vanity is his composure rather than feeling above others he's vain about his image as unaffected composed all the time Mm. and she shook that i don't see it that way if he knew he can go back and see her and it wouldn't be a problem for him he would have done it but he was tempted he was tempted to stay and that was what held him back well there's got to be something to this if we're still discussing it and trying to work it out would have been nice if they'd given us more information but at least we're bothering to wonder but this is of what maybe a quarter of the show is about this and then yeah. the rest of it is about this whole time extra dimension bs that doesn't matter <laughs> that you don't does, go anywhere with who cares it, it's all irrelevant yeah well let us know what you think i'm sure you will i didn't get her she keeps saying he's always charging to her rescue and she swoons over him even though a he stood her up because he was scared and couldn't use his words not mm-hmm. even a text yeah and b her husband is dying so why is she just swooning around at it's stupid (laughs) all the time it's stupid she also has no character she's the one the ghost from his past the one he was in love with because she was so special he would have contemplated giving up starfleet for yeah then i find out two women wrote this yeah huh she's a terribly written character she does a great job with it oh yeah the the actress but come on she's charming I i love her yeah like she should be concerned about her husband, all these people that died. Mm-hmm. Freaking time loops are going on all over the place. And then yes. her old boyfriend shows up and she's like, oh, it's you. <laughs> oh, Hi. Yeah, How are you doing? It. Oh, it's so good to see you. It's like, what? what? You've done well for yourself. Oh, my God. You're right. Three out of ten. That sounds, man, I'm just, I keep agreeing with you on these ratings. you got to stand up for yourself. i got to stand up for myself. Exist beyond me. The sci-fi concepts are crap. They're totally not thought out. They're all wishy-washy. They kind of contradict each other. It's all gobbledygook. But this whole thing about his relationship, I'm really interested in it. And Mm -hmm. this weakness that he had in him and seeing that vulnerability of the character, I found that maybe entertaining. So maybe that's more about entertaining. I'm going to go give it a two. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, two. Whoa, I thought you were going to go higher then. Entertainment. It's not my thing. Two women swooning over Picard and none of it made sense. No. The guy playing the bong theremin was vaguely amusing. <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> <laughs> Red liked her jumpsuit. The score by Ron Jones gave it a melancholy feeling. Yeah. Maybe it was supposed to be romantic, but I found it sad. sad yeah. yeah. What happened in Paris? It didn't leave me particularly caring, but just a sense that they edited out the boring bits of this story and then mistakenly made those into the script. Yeah. Mm. Mm. We could have had Picard getting off with her in Paris in the past. Though that would require a wig. Yeah, 20 years. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not easy to... You'd have to get younger actors to be there yeah. or something at that point. Yeah. Then we could have had multiples of everyone running around causing havoc and saying things like, I walk like that? <laughs> and some indication of what would happen if they can't fix the dimension thing. Yeah. We didn't have any real sense of danger, no, did we? No. Instead, we get that. Yeah. I liked Data saving the day. And the cast did the best job with what they had. Yeah. I wasn't bored. No. I'll give it a five. It's pretty middle of the road. No, I'll make a low four. Okay. Even though I was interested in the 
romantic stuff in Picard. That's a very small part of the show. And the rest of it was just kind of like, who cares? Yeah. What's the point? I think so it was lucky to get a five from me. Yeah. Sexy nurse. It was a bad day for hair and makeup. <laughs> Unforgivable hair on Janice. She had these black roots and then a bleach blonde hair, but really back combed to mm. stand up all the way from it. Really aging kind of hairstyle. Maybe that was what the actress was wearing it like and she refused to have it styled. And really shiny lipstick, which undermined any concern for her dying husband because <laughs> she was obviously reapplying it. Every couple of minutes. Yeah. Maybe it was more important, though, for her to look good for Picard to make him wish he hadn't stood her up. A kind of revenge, you know, mm-hmm. where people try and win a breakup Yeah. by losing weight and looking really yeah, gorgeous yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Making them regret their decision. Yeah. yeah. All that fantasy of, you know, showing up at the reunion and then the guy who dumped you is there and he's swooning and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think that's what was going on, though. No. <laughs> I didn't have any indication it was. No. She puts in a radiant performance in spite of... Of the hair and lipstick, I mm. think. Yeah, she's great. The gurning guy's hair was a turn-off. Oh. I'll give it a two out of five. Less yeah, than... it's about romance. Nothing. But for me, Ugh, I'll no. give it a 2.5 just because I felt nothing. In the original draft of We'll Always Have Paris, the writers wanted to create a romantic mood with the insistence that Picard do the wild thing. This have is, sex. Have sex, yeah. Doing the wild thing. Doing the wild thing. Is that a common phrase? There's a whole tone, phrase? tone loke song about it. You don't know wild thing. You make my heart sing. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Play us out with it then. Play out with it here. Right. Do the wild thing discreetly during commercial sometime in the course of the episode. They didn't care when. Yeah. Just at any point. They just needed to get them laid. Boning, yeah. Yeah. The idea was vetoed by a number of men involved in the production, most notably Patrick Stewart. <laughs> That's right. from Trek, the unauthorised behind-the-scenes story of The Next Generation. Yeah, well, why would you? She's a, she's a she's married, married. Her husband's there dying. Dying. Jeez. Who are these women that wrote Deborah Dean Davis and Hannah Louise Shearer? Come on, What are you women. guys thinking? Okay, stupid experts. Sending only data and data rocking it and knowing in a second which of him was the right one. That was very expert, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Bev scrambling to cure Mannheim, but she couldn't have cured him anyway. It was all the dimensional stuff, so it wasn't her fault. No. Troy gets a couple of chances to helpfully interfere. Yeah. So one out of five, you know, they were only stupid one out of five times. Yeah, I would almost say zero. I don't know what you could have wanted more out of it besides the unbelievable writing that was going on uh guesses <laughs> yeah. well they get five out of five <laughs> what were your guesses i got the reawakened sexy feelings part mm-hmm. otherwise no wesley yeah. wasn't even in it no wesley no wah, wah. have they given up on making him save the day and do expert things of too uh, much backlash well, he'll come back don't you worry about it here is the teaser for next week okay i'm heading out on the next episode of star trek the next generation don't trust anyone remember that john Sabotage strikes the highest ranks of the Starfleet Command. Breaking security. Emergency. And threatens the future of the entire Federation. What is that? But do evil parasites hold the key to this deadly conspiracy? He'll be one of us soon. Find out on Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay, come back in now. It's over. Does it look good? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a good one. Yeah. I hear we're supposed to be doing it with little Greggy Johnson. Greggy Johnson is going to be back because this episode, it's pretty crazy. It's going to shock you, I think. All right. And we'll so see. Greg wants to be a part of that. So we'll see what happens. And you can all be a part of it, too, with your comments. We'll look forward to those. Yes. I want to thank all of our patrons for their support. If you guys didn't do this, we wouldn't do it either. No. And thank you so much for listening out there. Thank you for choosing Rachel Watches Star Trek. I'm Rachel Lackey. And I'm Chris Lackey. Bye. Bye.
Not a five for my money. So the weekend comes, I go get live with the honey. Rolling down the street, I saw this girl when she was pumping. I waved my eyes, got into the ride, went to a club with jumping. Introduced myself with love, she said, you're a liar. I said, I got it going on, baby doll, and I'm a liar. Took it to the hotel, she said, you're the king. So be my queen, if you know what I mean. Let's do the wild thing. Star Trek. 